people often resist change with new technology, especially if they've been using their existing technology for 5, 10, 20 years. And so they don't feel as comfortable with it or they don't need, know how to get the data out of the new system. You know, we hear that a lot when, when companies are implementing a new procurement system or a new ERP system that they just have no idea how to run a report to get the data that they used to get previously. And so, you know, I think it's all about trying to make sure that any technology that you implement is easy to use, that the, the UI is obviously very important, that it's it feels easy, it's not threatening to the users. And even if it is more complicated, just spending time up front with training, you know, prior to it even being implemented, just letting them know why this is being done, you know, what the advantages are so that you, you deal with the change management issue and get them to accept that a new technology is needed in the first place. And then, you know, doing the right training to make sure that they know how to use it and get whatever they need to out of it. Hi, I'm Danny, And I'm Nicole. Welcome to the Spend Culture Stories podcast, where we explore the connection between company spending and culture. Join us as we dive deep into understanding the people, processes, and tools that make up spend as a whole, or what we call spend culture. Welcome back to the Spend Culture Stories podcast. This is Nicole, and today I am joined by John Evans, the CEO of Procurability. Welcome, John. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Maybe just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what led you into the role that you're in now. Sure. I've been in the procurement space for about 30 years. I actually got into the space accidentally. I was working with A.T. Carney as a general management consultant, and one of my first projects was with a client. And A.T. Carney at the time was just starting to get into the procurement consulting space as well. It was kind of the beginning days of strategic sourcing and a lot of the strategic procurement things that are kind of normal today. One of my first projects involved helping a client do some strategic sourcing. It was for a pineapple growing company in Hawaii. So it was kind of a unique sourcing project. And from there, I just started specializing in procurement at Kearney and uh, was involved in helping them build their sourcing practice. And then I left them and joined a boutique firm to help them start a procurement practice and did that for three or four years. And, and then they were bought by Deloitte and that's really what led to us starting our company. There were two or three of us that didn't want to go back to a larger firm and decided to spin off. And we started Denali Group, which is now the consulting part of Denali Group is now called Procurability. So we started Denali Group back in 96. So about 20, 23 years ago, I guess. That's awesome. It's funny. I feel like most people that I talk to that are in the procurement space got there by accident or it wasn't always the first idea in their mind of what they were going to do in their career, but they've kind of found themselves ending up in procurement and really loving it. Yeah, it's a very exciting field. I I had no idea what the space was. My background is industrial engineering, but I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a great space to be in. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, even when I first started working at our organization, I think my perception of what procurement was and what it really is, is so different. And I know that it seems like a pretty straightforward question, but in your opinion, what is the difference between purchasing and procurement? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those terms that I really haven't seen a formal definition that differentiates the two, but I have always viewed the term 
purchasing is more transactional, more traditional, and procurement is more strategic. So I, you know, I think of you kind of old school purchasing, kind of pre-strategic sourcing, pre-category management. A lot of the more traditional organizations might call themselves purchasing. And then I think of uh, procurement as more of a term that's applied to companies that take a more strategic approach. They're using category management, strategic sourcing. They have formal strategy, maybe analytics and things like that. Or you know, they're taking a more spin management approach to procurement. But again, certainly different companies that use different terms in describing the organization. But that's that's my view. Yeah. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of the way that I look at it. But you're right. I think a lot of people use different terms for the same function. And so I guess it's defining what that means to your organization and what that function actually does. Now, you've worked with many growing companies. What are the common types of spend cultures that you've seen? And do these vary based on industry or are they pretty consistent? You know, I, I do think it's it does vary by industry. You know, we, we work with a lot of different industries from high tech companies to that have more of a startup culture to more established industries like utilities and, and, and then everything in between. I think the startup cultures tend to have more of a like one it now spend culture with uh, little patience for bureaucracy or cumbersome procurement policies. You know, they want something that's super easy to use that you know, doesn't require a lot of effort. I think uh, some of the more mature industries that have been around a while tend to be more patient, but I think ultimately everyone wants a say in what they're buying and they want to be heard. So having a procurement process that's aligned with stakeholders and makes them feel included is the key. You know, I think that's a common thread I see regardless of the type of industry. But, uh, but yeah, there's definitely differences in the cultures depending on the industry. It makes sense. There's not really a one size fits all for people, I would think. In your opinion, how does the procurement function affect the spend culture of an organization? Well, I think that the procurement functions that are stakeholder centric and that have a strong customer service focus and also have a reputation for doing innovative things and adding value and being smart, you know, doing doing progressive things tend to create a spend culture that accepts Procurement is part of the team and accepts a lot of progressive practices like category management or strategic sourcing or things like that. I think if the procurement function is bureaucratic and they're not seen as being focused on their customers and adding value, it tends to be more of an us versus them culture. And it's always kind of a combative, you know, maybe that's a strong term, but it's more of a uphill battle to get their stakeholders to participate. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I I think that definitely is a common struggle that we've heard. Now, I know we kind of talked about getting into procurement and obviously where you kind of originally started out in your career was not in procurement. So when it comes to hiring people to work in the procurement space, are there any particular skills or characteristics that make someone a good candidate to work in this kind of industry? Yeah, you know, we actually have a recruiting division in our company. So we do a lot of recruiting on behalf of procurement organizations. So we see a lot of our clients looking for more or stronger analytical skills, especially as data analytics and, you know, the concept of big data is being applied to procurement more and more. So a lot of procurement organizations are really trying to upskill in the analytics space. We still see people wanting people in their organization that are strong communicators and that have strong collaboration skills, which can be hard to, um, it's not something you necessarily go to school for, but 
you know, the soft skills is something they asked us to help look for, for sure, and that have shown a track record of being innovative and creative. And then sometimes we have clients ask us for specific category knowledge, too. You know, obviously, if you're hiring a category manager for IT or for facilities or something like that, they may want specific category knowledge. But, you know, in terms of this core skills, I think the analytics, communication and collaboration, being creative, you know, it's almost becoming more of an internal consultant. So a lot of the skills you might apply or look for in a management consultant or more like that, I think, apply to the procurement space. That's really interesting. And that's great, not only for me to know, but I think anyone who's got those skills and is looking to and explore another area of business or career opportunities, it sounds like there's a lot of cool things you can be doing within the procurement space beyond what the general population's perception is of procurement itself. Yeah. Now, are there steps to develop an effective procurement strategy? Is there a go-to kind of A to B thing that people should be following or is it unique to each organization? Obviously being a consulting firm, we have you know steps for everything, but uh, we do have, we actually just recently, about two months ago, released a white paper just on that topic of how to develop your 2019 procurement strategy. And our approach uses five steps. We basically say, you know, the first step is, determine what's important to your company. For example, you know, if you're a high-tech company and the big focus is just time to market and speed, then that that translates to procurement goals, right? It's not so much about cost, it's about finding sources of supply that are really fast and can help, you know, grow and support the company's growth. But if you're a established mature company and you're, you know, it's all about cost, then that's a very different goal, right? So it's important to first make sure that you're clear about what your corporate goals are and then how that cascades down to procurement. So that's kind of the first step. It sounds elementary, but a lot of companies I don't we, we see don't really do that. So then based on what the, your company's goals are and your procurement organization's goals are, then we recommend that you understand where you're at today. And we use a framework when we're helping clients do this, but you can do it on your own in terms of just you need some type of framework to say, where are we today in terms of being able to meet those goals and where do we have gaps? And then based on where you have gaps, then we basically recommend that companies design what we call strategic planks or initiatives that would help fill those gaps. The initiatives might be needing to reorganize to be more customer focused, or it might mean needing a more formal process for measuring supplier performance, or you know, it could be a number of things. But usually when we help companies do that, we end up with, say, five or six major initiatives that if you did these initiatives, it would make you a much better procurement organization that was more in line with your company's goals. So out of those initiatives, then you basically can use those initiatives to develop basically your strategic roadmap, which really is your strategy. And it might be a one-year roadmap with elements that go out to three to five years, but it's your, your roadmap for improving or transforming procurement to be a you know much higher performing organization. And then after that, it's really having a step around just implementing that those initiatives and tracking results and using some type of procurement dashboard to measure you know, how well you're doing against your, your new goals. 
I like that you mentioned the roadmap. Uh, it's something that we obviously use for our product here and a lot of our different initiatives. And it's interesting. I don't think I've ever looked at it that way in terms of procurement, but I can see how that would help tie everything together and really continue to support the work that you've done leading up to building out that strategy and process. Now, as a company starts to grow past their startup phase, is there any changes that need to be made in your opinion, to their procurement strategy or processes? Yeah, for sure. You know, we typically see when companies are in a startup phase, there's usually not much formal procurement going on. You know, you may have some support group that's there to help, you know, the different business units or the different people within the startup. But what I've noticed in a lot of startups is that most people are buying what they need. You know, they're just using their procurement card or their corporate card or whatever they need, and they go buy things and then they involve procurement after the fact. But there's not a very strong upfront procurement process typically in a startup. And so the change that we see is as the company goes through the startup phase and becomes more mature and grows, then there becomes a you know, need, obviously, for a formal procurement process where procurement's involved up front. You know, as soon as they know they may need something, they get procurement involved and the procurement can use a more standardized approach to going out to the market and sourcing whatever it is they need. And then ultimately, I think as the procurement organization starts to get more mature, then it's, the process changes even more and they, they get even farther ahead. So you have procurement taking a more of a category management approach where you're looking ahead of what your stakeholders need even before they know they need it. So you've got established suppliers in place and contracts in place that are available before they even need that so that it, it makes it easier. And you've also negotiated even better deals and things like that. So in general, I think the processes become more well-defined and clear as a company goes through a startup phase into a more established company. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Just looking at startups in general, obviously, as time goes on and they grow, things become more solidified. So procurement being one of those things makes a lot of sense to me. And you mentioned something that kind of ties into Maverick spending, which is a common concern that we've been seeing within organizations. Is there any advice you have for procurement leaders to prevent this from happening within their organizations? Well, certainly having a formal process helps. Obviously, if you don't have a formal procurement process, then you tend to have a lot of maverick spending. But I've even seen companies that have a formal procurement process and they still have a lot of maverick spending. And I think, you know, the, the key there is to have a formal process that is easy to use. You know, what we've noticed in, in talking to stakeholders and finding out why they're doing maverick spending or going around procurement it's usually because the process doesn't work or it takes too long, you know, or, you know, you have to fill in three pages of, of information and, and send it in. And then you don't know how long it's going to take. And, and, you know, if they had a process or a, a tool in place where they just, just like the kind of the Amazon experience where they can just order what they need and go through procurement and it's super easy, then, then they tend not to have a lot of maverick spend. So I think it's all about just having a formal process, but, even more importantly, having a formal process that's really easy to use. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that a lot of systems that organizations are using for procurement or requesting orders or expenses are either so complicated or on the opposite end, there is just no system in place or it's not easy to use. It's just easier for people to go and buy stuff. And so I like that you mentioned having a system that's easy to use and 
allows people to properly track their spend is something that will allow companies to kind of avoid this maverick spend. Now, you've obviously worked with many companies and have a lot of experience in the procurement space. Are there any common horror stories that you keep hearing surrounding company spend? You know, over the years, we've certainly seen a lot of interesting things. I think the biggest surprise we see when we go in and help companies look at their spend and analyze their spend, especially larger, you know, Fortune 1000 type companies that are decentralized or distributed, you know, lots of employees, is just how many suppliers they have and the lack of standardization. One of the first things you do when you help them try to get control over their spend is building a what you call it a spin cube or, you know, basically building a spin profile that has a lot of interesting data at the category level, understanding how much they spend, how many suppliers they use for the category, understanding the degree of standardization for the things within the category. And, you know, it's not uncommon for us to, with companies that don't have a really high functioning procurement group to have you know, over a thousand suppliers for a single category which is you know, crazy. You know, and a lot of these are categories that you really could have, in some cases, one supplier or certainly no more than five, and they've got a thousand. So you know, just think of all the inefficiencies associated with having over a thousand suppliers for a single category spend. And then even when you look at the granular level, we've seen cases where for one item, whether it's a stapler for office supplies or something in the MRO category like safety gloves or something where there's literally hundreds of different types or brands or configurations being used for something where you could have one or certainly less than five or 10. And so that, you know, those just having tons of suppliers, tons of items and uh, not being able to standardize just adds a lot of cost and complexity to the whole procurement function. So that that's kind of, I think just in terms of a horror story, just that tends to illustrate the lack of control the procurement has sometimes. And when you look at those types of numbers. Yeah, definitely. I think even just hearing that sounds stressful. And I think it plays into the fact that there's more and more technology becoming available in the procurement space to help people avoid things like this. But that being said, What do you think are the biggest challenges when it comes to adopting new technology and procurement for organizations? You know, we always see change management is really the biggest challenge with technology. It's putting the technology in place and, you know, the physical implementation of the technology is really pretty straightforward. It's getting people to use the technology and use it the right way. And for us, that seems to be really a change management issue. You know, I think people often resist change with new technology, especially if they've been using their existing technology for 5, 10, 20 years. And so they don't feel as comfortable with it or they don't need, know how to get the data out of the new system. You know, we hear that a lot when, when companies are implementing a new procurement system or a new ERP system that they just have no idea how to run a report to get the data that they used to get previously. And so, you know, I think it's all about trying to make sure that any technology that you implement is easy to use, that the, the UI is obviously very important, that it's it feels easy, it's not threatening to the users. And even if it is more complicated, just spending time up front with training, you know, prior to it even being implemented, just letting them know why this is being done, you know, what the advantages are so that you, you deal with the change management issue and get them to accept that a new technology is needed in the first place. And then, you know, doing the right training to make sure that they know how to use it and get whatever they need to out of it. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point to make. The ease of use of the system itself and also communicating why you're using the system and upfront from day one, having the proper help in place so that people can get onboarded correctly and feel comfortable using a system. I think that in my experience, when these things don't work out, it's because there hasn't been a good onboarding process or people don't really understand the tool or they're intimidated by it. And it's a lot easier to just revert to old ways than try and learn a new system sometimes. Yeah. How do you advise your clients when they're looking to choose a new procurement technology to fit their business? We tend to be pretty conservative, I think, with the approach to technology. I think it's pretty rare that you can take a huge big bang approach and just say, let's throw everything out and let's get everything something brand new and make sure that every piece is integrated. We start out by trying to educate our clients on what the technology landscape is. You know, if you look at procurement, there's P2P solutions, there's the source to pay side, there's you know, there's the spend side that kind of sits over it all, the spend management type applications. So we try to just educate them of the different types of modules that are out there. And from our perspective, not all of those modules need to be integrated. Some really have, there's no value in integrating them. They're standalone tools and, and there's just not really a need to integrate. So I think understanding the landscape, what needs to be integrated, what doesn't, you know, where should you use a, a best of breed approach to just select the right option? And where should you use kind of the integration approach and just find something that fits most of your needs, but that integrates well? So I think part of it is just understanding the landscape because it is confusing and it changes a lot. We try to simplify it by just talking about what the different components are, what they do, and what, what do they really need, depending on their size and how big they are. You know, there's some types of technologies that a client may not need at all or that has limited value depending on their footprint and how decentralized they are or aren't. So a lot of it's just education. And then based on understanding the landscape and where their current technology really has some gaps, then putting together a plan for filling those gaps. You know, maybe they need some, just some very pointed technologies to fill in some gaps, or maybe they do need a whole you know, integrated system, but really trying to understand that up front and not automatically going toward the, the large big brain approach. That's really interesting to hear because I think in the past, a lot of people have had big ERP systems or something where procurement is a piece of a bigger function. And that might be great for some, but like most things in life, one size doesn't fit all. And I think understanding your business needs and what you're specifically looking for is is really helpful in terms of adapting new technology. So based on what you've seen how do you think spend culture in general is going to change in the next five years? I think companies will be much more sophisticated with regard to spend visibility and analytics. You know, we're seeing that already. We see the skill sets continuing to be upgraded with the stronger focus, as I mentioned earlier, on analytics and collaboration and innovation and more strategic thinking skills. And I, I see procurement organizations continuing to evolve in terms of how they add value. I think historically it's all been about savings. You know, how much can you save me? But what we're seeing is a lot of more progressive procurement organizations are playing a bigger role beyond savings, whether it's helping their company with time to market issues or enter into new markets or even with product innovation, things like that. So, you know, there are a lot more strategic ways that, can, that procurement organizations can add value. And we're seeing that starting to play out already. 
Yeah, definitely. I think the strategy piece is something that we've been hearing a lot about. And so that's interesting to see that it's kind of in your projection as well. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to growing companies in terms of procurement and really developing this function within their organization, what would that be? I would say the first step is just making sure that you have a strong relationship with your stakeholders. Uh, I've seen too many procurement organizations try to do this on their own. And, you know, if you don't have your internal customers or your stakeholders on board and involved in your strategy, then you can't do it because, you know, you're basically, you're spending other people's money. So you have to have them on board to do anything. So I think it's all, I think about stakeholder management. And obviously, once you have that, you need to be able to follow through and and perform. So you need a great team. And some of the things we've already talked about, having great skills, having the right technology, the right processes in place. But even with all that, if you don't have stakeholders on board, it's really hard to implement anything progressive. That's a great point and something that's really good for us to take away as well is really making sure you're engaging everyone that's going to be impacted by your procurement processes and systems. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed learning more just about your perspective on procurement and some of the things that you've seen. And I know that our audience is going to find a lot of value in this. And I feel like um, there's been some great takeaways in terms of just general function of procurement in a company. So thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Take care. Thanks for tuning in on another episode of Spend Culture Stories. If you like the series, please support us by leaving us a positive review on iTunes or Stitcher. And be sure to subscribe so you can get notified of the newest episodes. We try to post every episode every Wednesday. This podcast is sponsored by Procurify, a software solution that is reinventing the way organizations spend. Procurify allows an accessible and convenient way to request for purchases, get approval from your manager, while allowing your finance team to get the visibility and control you need on every purchase. Learn more about Procurify at www.procurify.com.